This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to talk to you today about heaven. Heaven is difficult to talk about for obvious reasons. We have no immediate frame of reference. Whatever we say about heaven is always symbolic, analogical, poetic sort of talk. But at the same time, heaven is everything. It's what it's all about. You know, in the years after the Council, there was a legitimate re-emphasis on this world, on the responsibility of religious people to improving this world, politically, economically, socially, social justice questions, all those became important, and validly so. But I think at the same time we have to realize that in the biblical vision, what it's finally about for spiritual people is heaven. The Church Fathers, as I've often said, refer to us here as resident aliens. We live here in this world, but our true citizenship is elsewhere. Our patria, our homeland, is actually not here, but in heaven, in the world to come. During this Easter season, we especially reflect on heaven. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, and now ahead of us in this heavenly place, calling us to fullness of life with him. That's our focus. That's our focus. Our lives here below are lived in relation to that great end. So, do we have any help in thinking and talking about what this world is like? Our gospel gives us some terrific images, and I want to get to those eventually. But first let me look at some standard images of heaven. A first one is, heaven is a place of rest. You know, we say in the liturgy, eternal rest grant to him, O Lord. Eternal rest grant to her, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon her. We say, requiescat in pace, May he rest in peace. And of course, rest is a beautiful image. And it's saying something right. How wonderful to rest after a long struggle. And in many ways, we all know, life in this world is a struggle. Rest, a place of tasting and and savoring, relaxation. All of that, I think, is good and is naming something of what heaven is like. But I don't know, if you're like me, you might find this image a bit limited. I mean, I like resting, but (laughs) I like resting after an achievement. You know, you've been through, maybe it's an exercise or a sporting event, or you've done something, and then afterwards you rest from it. But I like rest as a preparation for more achievement. Somehow, if all I did was rest, I think I'd just be unsatisfied. 
think of like a, a weekend that never ends. Well, we all love the weekend, the time of rest, but if the weekend never ended, well, no, you're kind of eager to get back into action. Somehow the image of just resting in heaven doesn't seem enough for me. Here's a second classical and powerful image. The beatific vision. What we do in heaven is we see. We see the face of God, which is to say the essence of God. God in his beauty and his perfection. Everything we've ever wanted to know, all the beauty we've ever wanted to savor, somehow we see it in heaven. Again, I think it's a terrific image in many ways. I love looking at beautiful things, going to the Art Institute, you know, and studying a painting and really getting lost in it. I love, as I've often said, looking at those rose windows in the Gothic cathedrals, which were meant to be an anticipation of the beatific vision. They were meant to remind us or to call to mind heaven. But, I don't know if you're like me, somehow this image doesn't seem adequate. I don't care how beautiful and rich something is, after a time I get tired of looking at it and want to look at something else. I get a little bored. And if I think of heaven simply as looking forever at the beauty of God, somehow it doesn't seem engaging enough, captivating enough. Here's a problem, too, that I find with both those images of resting and looking. They're both rather individualistic. Here I am resting after my long struggle. Here I am looking at the beatific vision. What about everybody else? Somehow for me, the greatest moments in this life are lived with others, in the presence of others. If I see something beautiful, the first thing I want to do is tell somebody about it. If I've been resting, well, I'm resting in order that I might get back into action, you know, with and for others. There is an image from the gospel today that I think is even more powerful and richer than those two I've talked about. Listen now as the Lord is speaking to his disciples the night before he died. He says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. Well, he's talking about heaven the night before he dies. He's luring his disciples toward this place where he is going. In my father's house. The Greek word here being rendered as house is oikia. Our word economics comes from that. That means the law of the household. An oikia or an oikos in Greek is a household. Think of it as a bustling country house. Or think of it as a busy, bustling city dwelling, full of lots of people. Listen now. All about their various tasks. Some cooking, some cleaning, some organizing, some ordering, some preparing, some reading, some working in different capacities. A household, if it's to be successful, is a bustling place of interdependent 
people. Yes, each one with his or her own task, but all of them working toward a common good or a common end. Heaven, I would submit, according to this image, heaven is like a great oikia. It's like a great household. Listen, do we all have our own work, our own place? Sure, sure. I prepared for you your own dwelling place in this house. Am I going to lose myself in the great all in heaven? No, I would say. No, I retain my individuality. I retain my style, my purpose, my energies, and so on. But, but, now I am part of this great heavenly household where my contribution leads to a greater overall good. All of us interdependently working together. You know what I love about this? There's something very Catholic in this vision. I've often spoken about coherence or communion as basic Catholic ideas. Just as there are three persons in God, each one unique, each one distinctive, but all constituting the one unity of God. So in the kingdom of God, both here below and in heaven, there is a unity in diversity. The many, but living as one. There's a similar image, I think, found in the book of Revelation. There we hear talk of a heavenly city, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now the word here is lovely again, behind city. The Greek word is polis, the heavenly polis. Of course, our word politics, political, comes from that. The oikos, the economic life of a house, with all of its bustling interdependence, all of its lively energy. Think for a second of the American economy. All that goes into that, all the complexity and diversity of it. Now think of the American city, the polis. What's a city like? Well, the one thing you'd never think of in a city is resting. <laughs> At least I wouldn't. Think of Chicago. Active, alive, interdependent. Think of New York, the city that never sleeps. Activity, energy, creativity. Lots and lots of people about, in a certain sense, a common purpose. Now, mind you, cities here below are fallen. Cities here below are characterized by sin. When we're talking about the heavenly city, we mean all that's good and true and beautiful about an earthly city, but now purged of its sinful characteristics. What else can you find in a city like Chicago? Well, pretty much everything. High culture, low culture. Chicago Symphony, the Chicago Cubs. Entertainment of all varieties. People from hundreds of different ethnic backgrounds. Neighborhoods with various flavors. Foods of every type. Any kind of store you'd want. 
rollerblading, sailing, bike riding, flying, canoeing. You like architecture? You'll find buildings by Frank Lloyd Wright, Louis Sullivan, Mies van der Rohe. You want art? See Picasso, Miro, the Steppenwolf Theater. I'm just skating over the surface, as you know, of the richness, variety, and complexity of Chicago. You want to exercise any of your energies, intellectual, creative, emotional, you can find it in the city. You want to relate to as wide a variety of people as you want, you can find that in the city. How wonderful that John in Revelation describes heaven as a city. Whatever we experience in that realm, we will experience together. It's a communion. Whatever we experience in that place, I think it'll be the awakening of every one of our energies, creativities, and powers. Heaven is more, I think, of an adventure than a rest. Now, rest is fine. I think you rest after an adventure to get ready for the next one. St. Bernard said, heaven is a place of constant exploration into God. That's terrific, isn't it? Constant exploration into God. I'm not so much sitting passively in a theater seat in heaven, but rather I'm engaged in a great adventure with my fellows, with my brothers and sisters, in fact, with the whole of the cosmos. There's a great image in Dante's Divine Comedy of heaven that shows the angels and the saints going into the center of God's love as bees into a flower and then going back to the earth carrying the pollen from that flower. Isn't that great? Heaven is a kind of adventure, a place of interdependent, cooperative, adventurous activity. In my father's house, his household, there are many dwelling places. I'm going to prepare one for you. A heavenly city awaits all of us. Maybe the best way to prepare for heaven is to open up all of our powers and prepare to have all of them engaged. God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.